The radio show was started because at that time, 
radio show at CKUT as well. And I'd been doing Dykes on Mics for a few years at that point. And she said, well, why don't you do XX Files as well? You know, and I thought, fun idea, but I wasn't, I didn't feel really comfortable about doing a long-term show at the station because I already did one, so that felt a little greedy, I guess. Nonetheless, we had to get it started, and because I already had an in and Kathy was so determined, we wrote up a proposal. And, uh, and so for, I guess, the first year and a half, maybe two, I hosted it. I remember quite clearly the moment when Val arrived, and then I did it with her for a while. Um, I was probably the first, second host. It was pretty hysterical. I knew Kathy Kennedy, and then I met Deb through Studio XX when it was in the basement of 4001 Barry. Deb just started sending me a bunch of emails, and there was this woman, Mary, who was also interested. And she and I came to this meeting with Deb in this cafe on the corner of Saint Laurent and Mount Royal. And I just, I had already done radio before, so I knew I wanted to do it again. And this seemed like a really good opportunity to not deal with male voices or male perspective or male point of view or control, which I'd had before. When I'd done radio at Columbia University in New York City, this one guy um, said to me, I really like your voice that you had last week. Why don't you talk like that again? And I was like, because I had laryngitis, I was sick. The sexy voice is pain, and pain is sexy. I was like, get over that. Wow, actually, I ran into Val Tekigao in a, at, a, at an event. And then we, we just had a lot of fun laughing. And then I told her about my film, Green Dream. And uh, she invited me to be on the show. Well, the part where I was quite involved, I think it was, I would say, three years, maybe a bit longer. And then uh, slowly I was getting busier with my projects. So I was like, so I, I would come in, but not every time. And, uh, and it was between, I, I brought in another Maya, actually, Maya Richmond. Um, so it was Maya, Maya and Val for a bit. And then, and then I kind of, you know, I would go away and come back. And then I think Maya and Val were, more involved and then I think after that new people started coming like Nettie and yeah so all together I would say maybe five years I met Val at the future HTM, the HTML event in 2014, I think. And uh, we had a quick conversation. I was impressed by her energy and her craziness. And I was like, I, I have to learn more about this person. And then so we exchanged info. I told her about what I was doing at school. And she's like, yeah, totes, rad girls. And I was like, okay. And then it went, I think the next Next thing I knew, it like two weeks after that, we met and talked about how I could be involved, and I was like writing my first script for my b-boy story. So that was yeah, that was the, 
how I got involved with the XX Files. Good morning, and welcome to the XX Files on CKUT 90.3 FM and live in real audio on the internet at www.ckut.ca. If you're online listening to us, you probably know where you are, don't you? You're listening to the XX Files. The truth about women and technology is right here. And for the next couple of shows, I, Val Techigal, will be bringing you the lowdown on the downloads. I mean, I love community radio, and I'm thrilled that they're still there and going strong. Radio's having some kind of comeback, really. Maybe it never went away, you know, in the form of podcasts. It's so present in young people's lives, especially. And I think the goals of of the XX Files aligned really with the goals of the X of Studio XX because really the idea at that moment that technology was burgeoning, it was growing, and how could women have not just a voice in it, but a way to help shape it even. Because I think unless we're sort of creating our own present and writing our own history, nobody's really doing it for us. So there was definitely that sense of the studio can exist in this physical form, but then to have the XX files on a radio station so that every artist who came through the studio would also have a place to talk about her art, her motivation, her research, whatever really, you know. Um, so it seemed equally as important to have a radio show to kind of be the voice of Studio XX. embodied way of being together and the radio was intended as radio has always been intended uh to get people uh with lower levels of access to technology so that was for me why we even started to have uh, a radio show at all and um the mandate at the beginning of Studio XX was not only to give people access to technology, although to give women access to technology, although that was the number one mandate, but we never saw it as that alone. It was more about um, about creating discourse around technology that would uh, that would be feminist. It was more exploratory, and uh, I liked that because it was, it was in one hand. On one hand, you had to, you know, take it seriously. On another hand, you're able to make mistakes. You know, it wasn't like in a normal kind of maybe CBC journalism where you had to be like have a certain like you could screw up or you can explore things, and even if it didn't work, it was okay. <laughs> So it had, we had that liberty and yeah, so it was about learning. It was like, you know, I was learning to tech and, and host at the same time and learning what, what, what is it, learning what it, 
what it is to be a host. Um, and like Va was the mentor. So she was the one that was like, you know, overseeing everything and telling us, you know, that was good or like giving us some hints and yeah. And she's not a conventional kind of person. So you don't learn in, it's like, she shows you things, but then also like we do a lot of things on the fly. And there was just a lot of uh, spontaneity and experimentation. interview men and that was really useful for a while and so then when we broke that we broke it with William Pope L who's one of the most amazing African-American artists in the world he has worked in the Venice Biennale this year and the way we did it was he wanted to do a crawl and just crawl up Mount Royal from the bottom with a whole bunch of people <laughs> And it turned into a huge scenario. He ended up getting banned and had to leave the city, but we had him on the show as the first person, to, the first male person to be on the show. After about four years, I knew that this was gonna be something I did for a long time. I was always the host that was in continuity. Um, I trained other people. When I went away to grad school, I made sure there were three people that were gonna take care of the show until I came back. And by the 12th year, by the, by the 10th year, 11th year, when we were doing the matricules insertion, and this became the largest audio component of Canada's digital archive, I knew, yeah, this is gonna be something really long-term. And was one of the very first, you know, 50 members, 25 members of Studio XX. And to see where it is now and know that it's gonna keep going on for a really long time and see the role that it's had in different people's lives as they discover things that we've kind of left in the archives, little time bombs of liberation, maybe. This is Val Gal here with Anita Juanita. Hello. <laughs> We are sharing more Y2K fear and paranoia with you today. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about the Millennium Bug and uh, the whole hype around it. And uh, we mentioned that the bug concerns a date problem. Many systems from mainframes to PCs will not recognize the century rollover. That's Prince's 1999 to uh, the year two, uh, 2000. And they will read the date as the year 1900. So many problems will ensue, some believe. And some don't. And some think it's the end of the world then, so <laughs> we'll see.
the role women play in this, it's really important to put a spotlight on it because very often it's dismissed and our contributions are not like as um, as visible as they should be. So I think like it's all about representation and having a voice, right? And I think the XX Files over the 21 years it's been on has kind of been that voice for that femme, like femme approach to technology and like science. There is an inherent misogyny uh, uh, involved in the perception of the female voice. Uh, but with that, there is also the implication that there is an uncontrollable power in, uh, in, in what is the female voice. And how is sound gendered is, I think, a really huge question in the 21st century. much more serious about technological education and we would do different you know we do topics we would also ask the members of Studio XX at meetings what they wanted to know and we would get really serious into like you know 10-15 minute um, info bites we would do step by step how you do something often with another host or a guest we would go through like how to access a bulletin board how to set up an email account. I mean, we were doing really basic things back in the day. We had Alicia Sherman, who started Cyber Girls on the show. We brought her to Montreal, basically, and she came to Studio XX, she launched her book, and she was talking about using bulletin boards as a way to engage with the internet for women. How do you protect your identity? Have a secret name so nobody knows you're a woman. Uh, cyber stalking. We talked about all that kind of stuff. And then when people would come with different interests, like we had the digital delirium gals who were in chemistry and biology who did every other week. Sometimes they would throw us shows. For example, they'd have women come to the McGill Med School and talk about toxics in makeup. Um, we talked about in vitro fertilization before anybody talked about that. We talked about fertility, stuff like that. So we started out more as like a manual, an audio manual for survival in the world. And then as that kind of leveled out and we became more secure and maybe our audience became more secure, we started reaching out more and more. And also my interest, I was running the show more. I'm more interested in digital art, installations. Um, I wanted tickets to things like Electra and Mutech. So I was looking at how come, you know, we had the very first woman that was ever in Mutech. For years, we would go, I would go to the, I would go to the whole festival and talk about how there were no women performing. We became more arts oriented. And as we grew, the community grew. So there were more women making art, doing art. I mean, Alexis O'Hara came on the show when she got the very first grant for a female sound artist, self-produced uh, audio release from Canada Council. And nobody could even believe that a woman or anybody got that, but a woman got that. And she came on the show and talked about how she mixed the audio, how she recorded it. It was a multiple visit thing. 
And so we started getting into a lot of the background of how do women break through and how do they get into these things. allowed me to explore Afrofuturism, right? And the whole power of the imagination. And so like right now, like you were talking about personas, there's this one incident at like, like a gathering that I went to over the weekend and like a friend asked me to like come up with a persona on the spot. And it was so, that exercise was so fun, you know, just creating a new self for myself and I think that's what the radio because while I was doing it like the last summer I was on the XX Files I was going through a very very difficult time with my uh, supervisor during my masters but for those like that half an hour or just like the hours I spent editing or whatever I could create another like self and like experience and like feel you know just like imagining a different reality you know and yeah, that was comforting. <laughs> the show about women using and abusing technology and this is our wonderful <laughs> funding drive show people can create identities for themselves in computer networks they can take on uh, opposite genders because at the moment people only think in terms of two genders but people do take on um, different personalities and they occupy those personalities those puppets in the network as it pleases them we're online surfing in our virtual space and uh, you know you kind of wonder what's going on and so you go to salon.com to find out and salon has a big section on technology which of course I like to go to first and with shift gone now there's not many fun places to read about the net and uh, chat about it at the same time salon has got some interesting stuff about Napster and the whole MP3 music giveaway that's been going on. Uh, we talked about that on the XX Files, the day of the Napster case. Uh, that day, Napster lost. They were deemed to be in violation of copyrights because you don't have to pay for the music that they help you download from all over the universe. find interesting topics of conversation because that does happen in less than professional radio let's say but in community radio your guest doesn't show up 
that happens. Right? For some reason. <laughs> and you've got to have a plan B. What is that plan B? So Val was very good at the plan B, I thought. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of technical issues, but you kind of learn to go with the flow, you know, and just like uh, stay calm <laughs> and try not to uh, like no blank. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wear your headphones all the time when you're in the station. I would give a good suggestion to that because you don't know your sound mixing levels unless you're listening through your headphones. And this is a constant thing I've said over the years. I will say it <laughs> forever. But it really makes a difference wearing your headphones. I think that radio is going to get more and more digital, more podcasty. I mean, we've already spawned at least two or three podcasts. I don't know how many are still around as long as we are. There's been different people from Europe who've tried to copy and extend the show's idea. And I do think it needs to be around. I think there needs to be more radio that's just blatantly run by women that doesn't need to mention men for a certain period of time in the day. It's so intimate. You're listening to it on headphones or while you're driving or cooking or something. But it's so intimate. Somebody's voice is in your ears, you know? And I know from having done it that it's also an intimate experience and you don't even know who's listening to you. But there you are in your booth and you've got your microphone and your voice is just a little lower. So it's all very warm and intimate. And I think in a highly technology kind of world, I think we look for warmth and intimacy, actually. So I think that's maybe always going to be the appeal. The main thing about feminist and in the female perspective um, is that it really is devalued. So creating an archive, and we're the ones that have to value it, basically first. Uh, so, which means we create our own reality with it. So meaning creating archives, I mean, that's why I make films too. It's like uh, Eva, Eva DeVerney said, um, uh, a woman making a film is a radical act in itself so and sometimes it doesn't even matter what film you make you just make a film and then you're like you release it and it's your point of view and the more and more that's out in the world the more and more this point of view becomes validated so I think um, having an archive is incredibly important I mean I know in, I know with Wikipedia there was also the problem that not as many women artists were uh, covered like so this archive basically is like you can really go and say 25 years here's like all the amazing things that women have been doing in the um, also in in the tech kind of uh, world um, which often we forget that uh, women are doing things there <laughs> but how we are using technology and I, I use we always use technology in a broad sense in the radio show like it was never 
in you know we we're interested in high tech but also in like old technology because also in in terms of feminism for me it's really important not to devalue the past so if women were using sewing machines for many years listen maybe i don't want to use a sewing machine right now but but it's important also to value that technology that's been in our lineage um and we've mastered it so to continue yeah to not to build on the past and to value the women that came before us. So I think also the the archive does that. It 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 values this like this heritage. Yes, a bit of a spectrum. We've had uh, a number of women, of course, hosting the show. Um, our aim is to explore all aspects of the digital revolution from the perspective of women living it. And uh, the various women who have taken part in the show. Um, we've all worked with technology from some sort of angle, either as artists, either as uh, uh, working within our career with technology, as uh, computer engineers, uh, technical assistants, technical directors, etc. And um, it's really such a joy to do this show. Um, when I first came on board, 97 was... Um, a bit of a tough year. It's one of those years that I'd love to erase from my memory. Jenny Cam. Remember Jenny? We talked about her a long time ago. She was so interesting. The first girl in the world to be online all the time in her room and occasionally nude, occasionally uh, doing the wild thing in that little room that she had in Washington. You know, that's interesting because when I left, I felt like somehow my time was done and new people came and it was just like the dynamic. It wasn't my dynamic with them, but like how they approach things was different and it was good. Like it wasn't when I was like, well, I don't think I need to be here anymore. And I talked to Deb actually, who is one of the um, starters of the show. And she said she felt the same thing. So, yeah, I guess the new wave is like what what are you know when like you're younger. So what it's like, oh, what do you want to talk about? Or you know, it's yeah, and like things shift, and maybe I mean, of course, if you think of the waves of feminism and like the different waves and w different things meant different. I mean, you had to fight differently in different stages, and. I think it's very important to realize, like, sorry, it makes me a bit emotional, but um, the liberty we have to not fight so hard. Yeah. It hasn't gotten much better. I mean, my last class at Concordia, when I left in 2015, I had uh, one female student out of 20. It started out, it used to be half and half, right? I think it's because it's such an oppressive workplace, digital technology. It still is. It's very much a stinky boys club with bad attitudes allowed. 
and the hours are outrageous if you're somebody that has a family and other responsibilities. It's just a really rough situation to stay in, for sure. I find it very oppressive. I do think it's as relevant as an important and because I find that that radio hasn't gone away far from it and the podcast has kind of liberated radio from its specific time slot for better or for worse you know of course I'm a bit older so I tend to romanticize the specific time slot because I think then you made an effort and you tuned in at a certain time and so did everybody else and then you had that point in common immediately however the fact is some podcasts particularly popular ones or radio shows people do end up listening to them on their own time and I think that's as critical as ever to have those voices out there people who are because we are making our own history I really firmly believe that we document I mean we tend to over document now you know the video that we've accumulated and the audio that we've accumulated but nonetheless that's how these archives are put together and so in another 25 years if somebody goes through the archives at CKUT and the XX files or Dykes on Mics didn't exist well who would think that they ever did you know how would you know because it is I suppose a failing of humanity in some way we sadly do repeat ourselves and that's partly because we maybe I was gonna say we don't do our homework sometimes that's the case but sometimes the homework isn't there for us to do so I think that continuing to do the XX files is critical. I'm hoping that it continues to create a platform where women can share their um, unique stories and experiences uh, and then I think the the way in which the host kind of always change. So you always have different perspectives, different flavors of it, you know? So I hope it, con it continues to be that platform, but also, um, I guess in coming years, maybe like, I don't know, send the, I don't know, I, wanted, I feel like the XX Files is like, it's that kind of environment that can foster like innovation and like just amazingness. So I want to see that happen. And it already has happened, so like, let it continue happening. <laughs>